Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah, we're here to, um, to talk to nobody at Cicada at Berkeley. We're here to talk to nobody. Yeah, um, ugh. And I am feeling a little bit nervous because I have a lot, a lot of questions yeah. to ask, mm. but I don't know whether I'm going to get the space to ask them. On a piece of paper in front of me is a phone number, a number that belongs to nobody at cicada.berkeley.edu. I found this email address when looking into the cypherpunks a group of privacy activists from the 90s. Nobody at cicada.berkeley.edu That insect. Privacy. I look over to Nikki. Neither of us know who's going to be at the other end. Hello, this is Thomas Schoenberger. Cicada <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, hotline. Cicada hotline. How can I help you? Not even my attempt at a joke can hide the fact I'm nervous. The rings continue. The pauses between them seem to get longer and longer. You're listening to Archive, the world's hardest puzzle, a podcast from Stack, episode seven. Ultimate truth is the ultimate illusion. because we're kind of like a year in now into Cicada um, and the moods have gone high and low and I just kind of wanted to see how you guys are doing. Um, I was wondering what's going on. It's late December and we're in a meeting room. Tommy and Temi are sitting across from me. There's an air of finality in the room. As we're setting up our equipment, I can tell each of us is thinking about the past year. We've looked into this weird and wonderful thing for nearly 12 months. 
The time has come to check in with Temi and see where each of us are. It's been a ride down the rabbit hole. We've been going in, we've been looking at stuff, we've been running away from stuff. I feel like I've been on a big roller coaster, like a big ride, and ready to sort of like gather together everything we have now. Exploring Cicada 3301 has taken us down the twisting warrens of a deep, dark rabbit hole. On our search, we both looked into different parts of this. The group behind the puzzles are dedicated to online privacy. Liberty. Privacy. Security. If you're like me, it's an area I previously haven't given much thought to. But the more I have learnt about it, the more I'm starting to see its implications for the wider world. These days, almost everything we see, do and say is filtered via the internet. It's all data. Data that can be used for a whole range of purposes, both good and bad. There are many out there who want to opt out of this kind of internet, including Cicada 3301. Do you believe that every human being has a right to privacy? This long and winding search has led me to an email address, nobody at cicada.berkeley.edu. It belongs to a member of the Cypherpunks, an internet collective from the 90s which championed privacy online. I found this email on their mailing list, effectively an early internet message board. From there, it was scarily easy to find a phone number connected to it. Your interview with Thomas. Mm. Where are we? That where are we with that? Do you want to keep digging? Do you not? Like what's happened? So essentially, it is the most mind-boggling thing ever, but it's also so interesting. Like, I find it interesting on multiple levels. So I find it interesting because, like, if he's lying, why lie? Like, what's there to benefit from it? And if he's not lying, then it's awful, like, that all of the Discord community is, like, so basically, like, he's this, 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 and this. So, like, both are so different but I think with him um I think it's very hard taking what he says and basically digesting it because it's so so flowery Mm -hmm. so I don't know I suppose I'll take you through what he said my search into Cicada 3301 has taken me down a completely different path but would you call yourself one of the founders of Cicada 3301 and at the end of it was a man called Thomas Schoenberger. It's a hard thing. Maybe a founding philosopher would be good. As you heard in episode six, he claimed to be the founding philosopher of Cicada 3301. He's gathered a group of dedicated followers who evangelize his Cicada 3301 themed cryptocurrency. Okay, so... Essentially, after our interview, I went and kind of like re-looked at the transcript and wrote down all the things that I like could and needed like and was promised, that's an important word, was promised 
that I would get evidence on. So he's essentially just promised the world. Yeah, he's oh, <laughs> fully promised the world. So I, when I followed up with him, I'll actually get the email. There was, so I outlined the three things I wanted to know. I will look into this and get back to you, Nikki. I have to look for music, which may likely be in another place, and it would take serious effort to get if it even still exists. I had a weird landlady, suffice it to say. Okay. (laughs) Then it goes on and it's like, Cicada will not be using PGP again until 2025. It will be a part of the January puzzle. Now, if a puzzle comes out in 2025, then, and it has a PGP sign signature, we, we can pick this up. But right now, that's not really doing much for me. Um, So it says the 2017 PGP signed message was a forgery. It will be used only once again and then never more. There's too much emphasis put on PGP. After having that conversation, I found that I wasn't fully satisfied with Thomas's answers. I asked him for evidence throughout the interview and he assured me he would give it to me. The Instar Merchant. Did you compose that piece of music? Yep. You did? I still have it. Do you have a copy? Yeah, Yeah, I would have to dig around, uh, but I have it. However, when I did ask, I got very fluffy excuses, such as this one. I will look into this and get back to you, Nikki. I have to look for music, which may likely be in another place, and it would take serious effort to get if it even still exists. I had a weird landlady, suffice it to say. I needed clarity, so I reached out to him again. And what followed was a string of emails. Okay, I'm playing record. Press record. Ready? One last time. We're wrapping up. We we followed up on some very, like, what I would say, simple points. And we're like, promises that were made of different pieces of evidence, which were the in-star emergence. Um, Thomas said that he would be able to get the original composition since he composed it. Then it was the original coding group. He told me he could pass me on some details of people who could like, who were basically there at the beginning who coded it. Because Thomas did say multiple times, he's not a coder. So we were like, okay, perfect. Can you get us someone who is? And then we also just re-asked the question why the PGP wasn't used because that was just one thing that's felt like it was, you know, the missing link really. Mm-hmm. And Thomas replied very vaguely the first time. Like, just very, very vaguely said he'd have to get in touch with a landlord or something, was just very, very evasive. And then I, he also passed me on um, the details of someone in the original coding group. And I got in contact with them, and they were like, Oh no, I wasn't in the original coding group. I only was in Cicada from like 2000 and like, I don't know, 17 or something, well after the puzzles. So it was all very, again, just like not really adding up. So I sent an email yesterday to Thomas to basically be like, look, have you had, have you found any of these things? Uh, Listed them out again. And I've had two exceptionally long emails in reply. (laughs) (laughs) on, On this end, I've seen you send an email off, get something back to send to another person, get sent off. Now we have the final email with what we think is his final take. Yeah. What is it? It is pages and pages. There's attachments. There's multiple different emails of people I can get in contact with. Like, it's a lot. And I think for me, 
Um, I I'll read out the the bits that I think are the the most prevalent to what we're doing, shall we say, and then we can basically speak about those, I suppose, because there's no point going into all this. Um, so, okay, I'm not trying to, inverted commas, prove anything. That's what the aspirational clowns do, Nikki. I was around, I shared some ideas, but I do not code. Um, People like Richard Leck, Richard Miller, Ian Murdoch and others became skilled at such things. Richard Leck was never a coder. He never, he said he never coded for them. Um, Then he goes again. I want to make it clear. I did not code anything. I guess there's a difference between a tech creator and a philosopher, question mark. I've never gone on camera and said, look at me, I'm Cicada. It was just a puzzle. That's all it was. Anyways, another quote. But ultimately, I'm not looking to be the Cicada guy. But I just find the the change of tone here very interesting. Um, I feel like before when we were having the conversation in person, um, like over, sorry, um, online or whichever, but through voice, we were, he was very passionate and he was very like, yes. And like, you know, if I said it was at you, he'd go, yes, it was. And it was all very like, you know he was he was really gripped by it and now that I've pushed a little harder he's almost being like I never said that but I don't know I'm pretty much just a musician I come up with the ideas and sometimes they take flight I don't give a damn about fame I think it's a sandbox of narcissism yeah uh but I do respect that you want to gather as much evidence about early cicada as you can I'll finish with this line if I actively try try to prove anything it would go against the very principles of cicada what's fascinating is that a puzzle that was supposed to be about letting go of ego has attracted so many narcissists i have no plans to join that party lol how are things in london things in the united states are crazy typical election year theatrics so then we just go back into being pals okay i like that line if i actively try to prove anything it would go against the very principles of cicada can't really come back from that no you can't no you can't this is the thing like I honestly am sitting with this in a big like I don't know if this is if there's ever been it like like a case of this before if you know what I mean if it's like someone being like yeah I am this and then you going okay prove it and then being like no I'm not really bothered (laughs) and I think at the start it was very much Okay, I'm willing and I'm open to hear what you have to say. And then once it came, it came to, okay, well, you've said these things, so now i just like some evidence to back it up. And I think that's when he's gotten a bit more like, oh, well, actually, about her. So I think right now this is the end of where this comes where this comes to for us because I think, I think there will always be another yarn or another avenue or something when really Thomas has made some huge claims we've asked for evidence and he's basically said nah I I don't care enough to give them to you I don't want to do that and it goes against cicadas basically findings or teachings or beliefs and there's nothing more we can do then look 
I can't say that Thomas is or is not the founding philosopher of Cicada 3301. In an email, he told me he doesn't care about giving us evidence and we can't confirm anything without it. Thomas is a man who appears to possess all the answers, but talks and twists. He's either the silver bullet or a red herring. So what I'm getting from this is kind of, there's nowhere left to dig with Thomas. No, he's basically said he doesn't care about providing proof. So I obviously asked him for proof and proof he said he would get to me. And then now he's basically said his last email, he said he didn't care about providing proof. So essentially, we can't say he is it without proof. And then we can't, he's just being like, yeah, I don't care. It's not about that for me. It's not about putting my name on it. It's not about whichever. Funnily enough, my chat with Cindy was not very far long after my chat with Thomas. And at the end of that, I was like, oh my goodness, like we could find who's Cicada 331 is. So I was still went back for emails and stuff and it was in that time. And then I had this chat with Cindy. And then it ended up being just a chat that was like, really I felt more, I, she was speaking to me. Like I felt like she, even though she didn't know the journey we'd been on, etc., I felt like she just knew what I needed to hear, if that makes sense. Video and video or just audio? Just audio. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me your full name and your occupation? Sure. My name is Cindy Cohen. It sounds like it has an E in it, um, but it doesn't. So Cindy Cohen, and I'm the executive director of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, is an organization dedicated to protecting civil liberties in the digital age. Cindy first became involved with the EFF back in 1993 when they asked her to serve as the lead attorney in a law case, one that would prove very significant. Colloquially, people say, you know, we established that code was speech, um, but we also freed up the ability to have a private conversation on the Internet by freeing up the technology that lets you do that through the Bernstein case. I joined EFF formally in about 2000, and in about 2015, I became executive director, which is the, the, the place I currently sit. Um, so I've been involved in trying to make sure people can have a private conversation on the internet since, uh, since before there was a World Wide Web. In 1993, Daniel J. Bernstein, a student at University of California, Berkeley, wanted to publish a code algorithm he'd created on an encryption system. But it wasn't as simple as click and post. At the time, code was seen as something the government wanted to be in control of. To them, it was a weapon, an after-effect of the Cold War. Bernstein had to submit his ideas about cryptography to the government for review. He also had to register as an arms dealer and obtain a license to publish his ideas. In the United States of America, the First Amendment protects freedom of speech. Daniel believed his code and algorithm were protected under this amendment. And so he sued the government and won. Alongside a dedicated team, Cindy Cohen changed the course of the internet. You may not realize it, but many of us use end-to-end encryption every day when we use platforms like WhatsApp. That's why we have encryption. That's why we can encrypt the web. At EFF, mm. we help encrypt the web along with the Let's Encrypt Coalition. You know, tools like Signal, like 
like Tor, like WhatsApp, or, mm. or and even just again the kind of simple ability to use your credit card online without it being, you know, immediately stolen. Obviously, we still have issues with security on the internet right now, um, but we do have access to the technology that that gives us a, you know kind of a leg up. While we won the first you know a gigantic battle, um, the war did not end. If we're honest. We embarked on this journey with a bit of a who-done-it mindset. Who is such an enticing question? Of course we were going to ask it, but maybe the likes of Sherlock Holmes have set the bar too high. A story wasn't finished until they caught the person, unmasked them, and they served their time. But this isn't a story of drugs, kidnapping, or killing. It's a story about a puzzle. There are no criminals here. What would knowing the identity of Cicada 3301 actually achieve? I suspect like many amazing things, it has multiple aims. Mm. I do think that the fact that there's a mystery to solve about who's doing it is one of the things that hooks people, at least initially. And then once you kind of get into it, you don't need that hook anymore, right? Mm. Um, But some people still do. I think there's still a thriving community trying to figure it out. Um, and and the mystery around, you know, this idea that they're recruiting people into some secret (laughs) society, like whether that's true or not, it's a great Mm. book, right? Mm. It pulls you in. Everybody wants to be James Bond or, you know, uh, or whoever, right? Like it, it makes you feel like you're a spy on a good, you know, uh, in a, in a good way. Um, so I think it's genius as a way to hook people and get them in, whether it's, true or not, or whether it lasts or not. Mm. I think it's a great way for people to learn. But even if it wasn't, it's just fun. Like, it's okay. It doesn't have to be um, something that then can later turn around and be useful to you in your life. It's okay to just have fun. Um, and I think it does both, right? And when they're combined, mm. it's, it's you know, it's win-win. But I I feel like they're, they're, it's important to emphasize that one of the cool things about the internet and the way these technologies work and the way these games work is they just give us a way to have fun. Everything over a screen shouldn't be work or good for you, right? Not every, mm. you know, Sometimes things are cake. They don't have to be, uh, <laughs> you know, green beans, right? Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. And I suppose, you know, if you, if you were to... F- to find out what the what the greater purpose of it was. What would you kind of hope it to be? My dream is that it's a community of people and that they're having a blast doing it. <laughs> you, know, my, I, you know, I run the Electronic Frontier Foundation. My dream is that what they're trying to do is to sensitize people to standing up for an internet that serves them, for privacy, for anti-censorship. You know, what they said in their manifesto uh, or whatever that was, or the letter that, that came out, manifesto might be too strong a word, but um, that, that that is actually their goal. Their goal is to help a, a, a different or a new generation of people feel in their bones the possibility of a private, secure, awesome internet that stands for you, and then want to turn around and stand up for it. Um, so, you know, um, it's self-serving. We all know the stories of Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. But these big, flashy stories don't reflect the entirety of the internet. They don't even capture the majority. There are so many fascinating tales that require deep digging to uncover, as those who star in them prefer to remain in the shadows. Their goals weren't to make money or be known. They did something amazing, without needing acknowledgement from the world. I'm surprisingly calm. 
reflecting on the past year, I realise how full circle this whole process has been. Lo and behold, the mastermind creators of a puzzle advocating privacy and security are unfindable due to, well, this exact reason. The proof is in the pudding. It's so fun. It's such fun history. And I, I, I feel like, um, you know, part of the reason I started the podcast and part of the reason mm-hmm. I'm actually writing a memoir is because I think that our internet history has become a history of companies mm-hmm. and guys who built tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the 90s. And, and that's not it. I mean, it's it. It's important. But that's a skewed way of looking at it. And, you know, first of all, there were a lot more women. Second of all, it wasn't all corporate. There's this huge piece of of what is internet culture and what should be internet culture that is kind of overlooked in the, you know, corporate storytelling about mm-hmm. the early internet. And so I, I really want to continue to lift up these stories because I think they're tremendously important and they're fun. I still marvel at the thought that Cicada 301 is out there. They may listen to this podcast and laugh at the twists and turns it takes. I'd like to know whether they keep up with the Discord community and the progress of solving, or if they detach from it completely. I know I didn't. I check Cascada every now and then. When you spoke to her, it wasn't actually to do anything with Cicada. Uh, when you spoke to her, it wasn't anything to do with Cicada 301. It was to talk about the wider... Kind of... It was a bit of both. So she, at the time, we were still basically going into the cypherpunks angle, right. and she had, like... Daniel Bernstein and all of those people were basically related. And I think it was that chat that I was like, it's okay, if that makes sense. In the weird way, it's okay to not know. And some things can just be fun. But she was like, no, I haven't heard of anyone who it, who it could be, but why do you care? Like, why does it matter who it is? Like, does it not matter that this amazing thing exists? And then we just let it exist and continue living and educating people. And then I was like, Oh. Whether she would say it or not, Cindy was a part of shaping the internet we know today. I spoke to her to learn more about privacy when really what she's given me is closure. It's been over a decade since that first post on 4chan. For some, it became a community. For others, a playground. Yet for many, it became a part of their day-to-day life. There is no underestimating the impact Cicada 301 had, or rather, I should say, has. How many people are yet to be drawn into the mystery of Cicada 301? To learn, grow, and become one with the unknown. I guess the beauty of an unanswered mystery means that it continues to live on. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nikki might be there, but I'm not. I decide to give that number one last call. Predictably, it continues to ring. And as it does so, my mind wanders. My journey into Cicada 3301 has been spent getting to know the community that's been built around these puzzles. Those who are hell-bent on finally solving the Liber Primus. Beyond all the efforts, there's one thing I come back to again and again. Is it right to unmask their identity? It's not my choice how you interact with the puzzle. That's what you want to do. All right. Hmm. How do I want to interact with the puzzle? I hang up. Nikki, knowingly, passes me the phone number and I crumple it up. I get it now. Having spent the best part of a year trying to find out who the creators behind Cicada 3301 are, I failed to see the irony. Am I willing to invade someone's privacy to satisfy my curiosity? Aren't these puzzles about not doing that? It's clear to me. The creators behind Cicada 3301 have chosen to be left alone. Diving into this, like I know it from an outsider's perspective, coming in, finding these leads into privacy, finding these phone numbers. I've been learning a lot about privacy, something I usually would never have thought about beforehand. And it's kind of the right to be left alone and the right for other people to respect that. And so I've been feeling like the more I've been learning about it, the more like almost invasive I have been becoming in wanting to know who did this, I just feel like I've just gone down every single rabbit hole, finding these numbers, finding these email addresses, talking to people. It was always going to be hard to try and find out who was behind Cicada 3301. In a story about unsolved puzzles, arriving at the unknown, from the unknown, is very fitting. Cicada 3301 has chosen to remain private. It feels against the spirit of the puzzles to attempt to unmask them. 
and the fact that they have got away and remained hidden for so long is such an achievement. I don't think like that has been acknowledged as much. Like, wow, they've remained fully hidden for like more than well, nearly a decade. They've used this technology. They've not come back to it that much. You know, unlike Cascata, where you were like tinkering around with it, they seem to have just taken a step back. From what we sort of know and what we don't know, it seems like they've not come forward to take credit for it. So if you're letting something exist on, it should be something that's like basically like solid. And this is solid. We can't figure out who it is because they've covered their tracks with all this encryption technology, with all this using all these like whichever. And that that's a good thing because then if we let it live on, we know that, first of all, it suits our ego, of course, but also because they're the best people to be teaching people about privacy then. You know what? This thing doesn't need a name behind it. The group created this amazing puzzle and left it to us. It's our job to give it meaning. Cicada 3301 can be whatever you want it to be. For some, it was a community. For others, it was an opportunity to learn. For Nikki and I, hey, we made a podcast out of it. In exploring Cicada 3301, Nikki and I have gone down two very distinct paths. But we've gradually both arrived at the same conclusion. It's not about who did it. It's not even about why they did it. What matters is that it exists. The enduring mystery of Cicada 3301 has brought together an array of characters, each weaving their unique interpretations into the fabric of the puzzles. I found that in the Discord community, most of all. And at one point I thought, you know what, it's a lot like carrying a bowl of water up that hill. Or, a, you know, something, you know, a vessel of water, you only have so much to drink. You have to rely on the other solvers along the way to give you jackets, to give you bowls of water, to make sure that you don't die up there. That's why they're so important. And, you know, I, I'm not sure why that analogy is what struck me the, all those years ago. But it, it really does feel like a kind of monumental task in my mind, where you have folks going up and down the mountain. The group behind these puzzles may have moved on. But the solvers haven't. They're still there, passionately engaged in solving the Liber Primus. And there's no sign of them stopping. The people we've met have embraced the uncertainty. They've actually learned to enjoy it. The people that you solve with become your closest friends. You maybe go on to something else, or you maybe stick around. I'm still in groups that I was in where we all solved puzzles together and it doesn't really matter that the puzzle is over because we all kind of have that common ground. If the puzzle is solved, yeah, I don't see why the community shouldn't continue as the community that solved it rather than the community that is still trying. This is the story of the world's hardest puzzle. When I was like deciding what to do going into college, like I'm in college right now. And the reason I majored in computer science or am majoring in computer science is because I found the puzzle and like started programming and stuff through here. I want to do cybersecurity now partially because here. If that isn't a net positive towards 3301's goals, or like, like that definitely is a net positive towards 3301's goals. Like I'm getting somebody in cybersecurity, which 100% goes along with their ideals. 
I think with Cicada 3 to 1, you kind of make it whatever you want it to be and whatever you can make it be. You know, like you're saying, like you've done everything you can do. I don't know. I think that, like, I hope that this has revealed, like, there's a big wider story to this. And there's little areas or pockets of the internet that have, like, bubbled up because of this, like, the privacy, the community, some of the sort of Thomas Schoenberger stuff. There's, there's just little stories within this. I think when it's something, you know, so what to a lot of people is lighthearted and just a pastime and whichever, you know, it's not the end of the world, then let it be that fun, mysterious thing. Like, why do we need to basically uncover everything for us to make a podcast and then, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just leaning into what the essence of these things, which is not knowing. And I think that is probably, which we've heard from the Discord community, like, was it Puck who rang them initially, rang the phone number and tried, and now he's like, Taiwo, and he's like, no, I'd never do that. And you're like, okay, personal growth. But like, same with us, you know what I mean? Kind of the same thing. So I think it's like, we didn't even realize it when we were hearing their stories, that our own story would be reflected in them. Archive is a Stack production, created by me, Tommy Trelawney, and me, Nikki Anderson. Sound design was by the amazing Tom Wally. Temi Adebayo was our fantastic assistant producer. Production support by Taylor Owen. Executive production came from Charlie Morgan, Luke Moore, and John Teague. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.